welcome to Dads, Daughters, and Dollars, a financial podcast for everyone. Now, here's one of my favorite people. (laughs) I'm Sean, the dad, clearly the favorite. And I'm Caitlin, the daughter, clearly my dad's mistaken. Hi, it's Sean, clearly the happiest. I love that little voice of hers. Right? Um, Yes. I'm going to welcome to Dad's Daughters and Dollars. I'm here again with my wife, Deanne. I'm going to claim this week to be the happiest. Right. I know. And uh, do you want to fight me on that? And the reason we're saying this, our daughter came home yesterday from New Zealand after about 35 days in New Zealand shooting the Women's World Cup. So I think she's passed out and sleeping at this time, and we are going to record another podcast. Um, This week we're talking about I read a really unbelievable article about two weeks ago then. I did a bunch of research. And it was a Clark Howard article, and I'll link to it. It's about how to make your digital assets accessible and the chance that you die or you have an accident and you can't access them and someone else has to. Mm -hmm. And I think it's actually kind of important because we have so many things that we do online now. I, I don't remember the last time we ever paid a bill with a check. Right. I've personally written checks to like, oh, here's yeah, a person. birthdays and things. Yeah, or a person has house sat for us. And right. so I didn't have him like in my online thing. And I technically could have, but I thought, oh, you showed up here. I'm just going to give you a check. Right. But it's very rare that you write a check now. Right. So what are digital assets? Here are a few of the things. Email accounts, social media accounts, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, X, which was formerly Twitter, YouTube, digital music, digital photos, any other files that you store on a cloud or a laptop, your cell phone, your uh, um, you know tablet of any sort. Yeah, books, all online, digital books. Online bank accounts, online for your insurance or any bills that you pay. Mm-hmm. How does somebody access that and whether it's pay the final bills or wrap it up or let's say you have an accident and you, you're going to be in the hospital for a month or something. How is that all accessed? Mm-hmm. All right. So one of the things you can do is inventory your digital accounts. Now, I do have a digital uh, inventory of all our accounts. Mm-hmm. However, I've never done the detail that Clark Howard talks in this. And since reading this article, I'm going to start to do this. Okay. And then I make sure you know where you can access all that. Okay. All right, so you make a complete list of all your digital accounts in case you should pass away or have an accident of some sort. Um, The list should include all your financial activities like banks, investment companies, loan, car loans, house loans, uh, student loans, insurance accounts. It's kind of a life file. It's kind of a life file, (laughs) right? Um. And then if you're active on social media, you want to make sure that you include those accounts as well. Now, in the article, it reads, it's, it talks about, well, you could store all this access and how to get into everything for the person that you're going to trust to do this online. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like it's in your Google Drive somewhere or whatever. And I personally will never do that. Right. Because if they can hack into your email or they can hack into a bank account or mm-hmm. they can hack into, what do we just got a thing? Uh, uh, I forget. Oh, uh, one of the uh, payroll companies that we've worked for was right. hacked into. Right. 
So like we got a letter saying, hey, you can get two years of free credit monitoring and stuff like that. Oh, joy. Yeah, right? So I want to write them down physically and then hand them to you or hand them to our daughter or whoever would be responsible for like, okay, if for some reason I was going to pass away, and that's still over 120 years away. <laughs> why must you laugh? Because <laughs> you're cute. Um, He's so cute. So if that was to happen, I want to make sure that somebody has access to like maybe put the final email and say that, you know, you know, M- Methuselah here has passed away. <laughs> and here's an, you know, is a little memorial rewrote or something like that. And then you close the email, you close the bank account or the bank accounts via the will or something get all transferred to you or whoever the person is. Right. All right. So I'm always going to keep that on a piece of paper. That might be in a safe. It might be wherever you and I consider safe. And then we both have access to it. And then I'll have a backup person. But I'm never going to put that online. Right. All right. So another choice is for like, particularly like, uh, let's say you do online banking, you do your online insurance, you have social media, you have your email, and they all have passwords. So one of the things that uh, Clark Howard recommended was a password manager. Mm -hmm. And I tried one once, but I wasn't in love with it. Yeah. And password managers are, I don't know if you know what they are. Yeah, I think you actually talked about it. So if you had like 65 different accounts, Ticketmaster in your bank and in your investment firm. And you your, can just get in with one thing. Right. And each one of those has a completely different thing. Like it says you've got to have a small letter or a capital letter. Right. It has, right, right. has numbers and all this. What something like Last Password, Dashlane, NordPass, Bitwarden, OnePass, all these password managers, what they do is... You memorize something that might be like a 12-digit thing. It mm-hmm. might be one, two, seven, eight, nine. Right, a 12-digit thing. It's a 12-digit thing, and that's all you have to put in when you go in via this password manager. Right. And then it has memorized your things. So you go, well, somebody if somebody hacked into that, then they could see your password. Well, what it does is it creates this digital, like, 60-digit character. Mm-hmm to then get into your account sort of a backdoor way. Mm-hmm. And then you only have to memorize this maybe 12-digit thing for everything, even though you've inputted into last password or whatever like that. Right. So Clark recommends them, but I don't know if he recommends them highly. And here's one of the reasons. Last August 2022, pass for a password manager was hacked into. Ugh. Now, here's the thing they got. They didn't get anybody's passwords. Okay. What they did get was stuff like everybody's email, everybody's home address, everybody's phone number. So everybody's contact info. Everybody's contact info. So now what they can do is send you a a, a thing that says, hey, um, we're right. Yahoo. Yeah. They'll scam you that I want to, uh, we have to reset your password. Yeah. They'll call or email and try to scam you that way. Right, and then they can get into and maybe potentially see your financial account someday. But they didn't actually get into anybody's financial accounts or insurance or Ticketmaster. What they did get was a lot of personal information, and sometimes that can even be worse. All right, 
We're going to take, because this is another popcorn episode, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some like site-specific solutions that you can do to make this easier. Okay, pass the popcorn. And we'll be right back. We're going to take a fika, if you remember. Taking a fika. And I'm going to say, listen to this uh, travel hacking your way to Sweden to uh, uh, figure out what a, a fika is. And we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Just want to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. It's the app we use to get our podcast to you. Sean and Caitlin have really enjoyed their experience, and it's super easy to use. Certainly, if Sean can use it, hey, you can. We really think everyone should use Spotify for Podcasters. Start talking about your hobbies or your deepest, darkest secrets. Something. You won't regret it. Okay, we're back, and we're talking about what to do, how to make your digital assets um, accessible if you die. And we're talking about stuff like your social media accounts, your bank accounts, your anything like Ticketmaster. All the digital Master, things. All the digital things that you would potentially use. So one of the things that Clark in this really amazing article wrote about, there's many websites that now have their very own procedure, and each one is different based on the website. So it could be Ticketmaster, it could be Facebook, it could be Google, whoever it is that they have their own contingency plans, and some of them have none. So one of the things he talked about in this is Google Inactive Account Manager. It allows you to decide which data gets saved and designate which people have access to it. So you can do that before anything would potentially happen to you, whether it was an accident or passing away. You can decide that, and you can also decide, okay, you know, my account can be deleted by this person I've left behind to, you know, you put out one last email or one last whatever, and then the account gets deleted after 60 days or whatever it is so that no one could hack in because in general, the the money accounts are eventually going to be transferred to whoever. And I think that's actually Google is two years. If it's inactive for two years, it will be deleted. Automatically deleted, yes, yeah. yes. So, but I'm not going to talk through all the ways to work with Google in a, um, inactive account manager, but I am going to link to Clark's thing, and it shows you step-by-step, step, like six steps to go through how to set this up. He sets it up so that if his account is inactive for 90 days, it goes away. This is his Google account. His Google account. Oh, interesting. But the Google account is also stores a lot of passwords for like credit cards and stuff like that. Or, you know, it automatically fills in your uh, credit card thing. If you go to a target to buy something or Amazon to buy something type of thing. All right. The other thing he talks about is the Facebook legacy contacts. Facebook allows its users to designate what it calls a legacy contact. Mm -hmm. So this is someone who can take certain actions on your account after you pass away and your account has been memorialized. Mm -hmm. So part of that is like writing a, a post of the memorial, uh, responding to any new friend requests, and updating on a profile picture and cover photo. Um, what you cannot do if you're a legacy contact is log into the memorialized account or remove or change any past posts, mm-hmm. read messages sent to other friends, or remove any friends. Mm-hmm. So again, because this is a, a multi-step process, I will link to uh, Clark Howard's uh, article of how to do that with Facebook. Um, So here's the other last thing I would say is you have to formalize who gets control of your online accounts when you die. 
Um, those can exclude instructions that are part of your will. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I might add them to my will, but I don't think I will, is I'd rather somebody who is dealing with where do the dogs go? Where do, who gets the house? Is anything going to happen with probate? If there's those 10 million things to deal with, I don't want 10 million more. So I'd rather something that's just like, okay, you can close my Yahoo account. You can close my Google account. Yeah, I would just, uh, you know. I'd give it to a separate person. All of the friends that have passed away who still have social media accounts, you know, Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is, and I, I'm not sure why. I guess I, if if I'm gone, just take that stuff away because. Well, but I don't know if you heard what I there? just said. Facebook makes it incredibly difficult to delete your account. Right, but if somebody, if I leave my password and and I, you know, somebody can can get in there with my password, just delete the account. I mean, but that's just me. I know everybody's different, but okay. Sorry. All right. So again. <laughs> You can certainly put this in your will, but it just makes, when you when you look about how much we do online digitally now, yeah. and whether it's social media or whatever, yeah. there's a million things. Yeah, it's a lot. So when someone passes away, not only is somebody sharing the grief of that person passing away, but there might be a house, there might be cars, there might be animals. There, Right. No, it, it's definitely down the list. That's probably 60 days worth of dealing with stuff. Yeah, of course. And potentially attorneys and this and that if everything's not spelled out in the will. Yeah. I would personally give it to a separate person. Now, you know, the person who probably handle our will would probably not be our daughter and the person who would handle the digital assets would be our daughter. She she could do two things a day and over 15 days she's got everything taken care of. Mm-hmm. And then somebody who's the executor of the will would make sure she got a house or she got whatever and mm-hmm. You know, this is what was in the will of who we'd like to take care of the dogs, right. that type of thing. Right. So I personally probably will not put how to handle digital assets in the will, although you could. Mm-hmm. One of the downsides of putting your digital assets in the will is that most people say the attorney's going to want, well, we want all the details, which then would mean, okay, what's your login and password? Yeah. And then if that becomes, you know, public knowledge in the reading of the well, that's not a good thing. Yeah. So I'd keep them separate. Yeah. So again, I, like I said, I will link to the Clark Howard article. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. Yeah. I want to thank my daughter for coming home safe. <laughs> right. She's back here in California and in about two hours, we're going to join her for dinner if she can stay awake. If she's out of bed. Yeah. We're giving her time to recoup. But um, again, thank you so much. I know this is a real quick episode, but I actually think it's really important. I'm now going to change some of the things that I do because I know in terms of passwords, I have a file that probably is 10 pages long because I'll give you a quick example before we wrap. I logged on and bought something at Ticketmaster and I probably didn't buy something from them again for 14 months. And I log in and they're like, no. This password's already taken, and I'm thinking, it's me. Why would you not let me into my own account? Mm -hmm. Well, because it was inactive for like more than 10 months or whatever their rule is, they wouldn't let me in. So they said, create a new account. So I'll create a new account to buy something 14 months later. So I said, I'm just going to use the same password. And they're like, you can't. This is already taken. Uh, And so I now have to go into my little file and change the passwords. and, And 
some of them want numbers, some want no numbers, yeah. some want special characters, some don't want special characters. So it was just like, all right, I need to physically write all these down, and which I did, and then I have to update that, you know, like once a year. But I, I, I highly recommend that you take care of your digital assets should anything happen to you. Um, it's just one less headache, and it's also should you like – actually have an accident and you have to spend time in the hospital, somebody could actually take care of your stuff and, and really, you know, keep your life together. Yeah, I agree. All right. Thank you so much again for listening and please join us again next time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks people. The content on dad's daughters and dollars is for informational purposes only and does not constitute professional financial advice. Listeners should consult an attorney, accountant, financial planner, or other professionals to suit your specific needs.